Hi, I'm JR, and you're listening to the JR Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Zedarge Group of Companies. Are you an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur? Then come to the Zedage Retirement Seleto Weekend 2018. One weekend of fun, networking, and inspiration. September 28th, September 30, 2018, at the Rio All Inclusive Resort Ocherios. Night one, the All White Beach Bonfire Party. Night two, the Entrepreneur Symposium. And on Sunday, it's the Business Executives Coffee and CEOs. Tickets available starting July 14 at Fontana Pharmacy, Ocherios, Kingston, and Montego Bay. Or register now at Eventbrite.com. Contact 876-440-8225 for more information. It's the Zadaj Red Tie Stiletto Weekend. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the JR Podcast. My name is JR, and thank you so much for tuning in. It's Wednesday, August 29, and wherever you are, whether you're walking your dog, you're driving, you're on your way to work, back from work, you're in traffic, you're trying to cook some food. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for tuning in. This episode, I'm going to talk about how artists may generate more money from their music. And this was triggered because last week, gold-selling singer, Egyptian, he was ranting on national television um, that record labels like VP uh, and other labels, they're not promoting dancehall and reggae music as they should. He said, whilst they might have the resources, they simply are not doing what they should do to promote the brands and the music like they should. And because of that, other labels are not stepping in either because they're saying if VP can't do it, why should they take it up? And I agree with Egyptian on that assessment that labels are not doing enough to push dancehall and reggae music. So, it come to if, if you don't have any leader, you just got to lead yourself. That's what it comes down to. You have to lead yourself. So I do agree with Egyptian, and I think the next logical step is for artists to set up their shop, artists to start doing for self, setting up their own establishment. Reggae and dancehall acts should not rely on record labels simply because they cannot give anything that the artists don't have already. Dancehall and reggae is a tour sport. It's, a, it's an art form that is heavily dependent on touring, just like the other um, musical genres that we're seeing nowadays. Most artists are going on massive tours and they're doing it themselves. Beyonce and Jay-Z, they're doing their own tours and they're touring the world. So reggae and dancehall should not be depending on any record label at all. Dancehall acts can even borrow some of the strategies used by people like Prince, Radiohead, Chance the Rapper, and Tech 9 who plays over 100 concerts every year and earns over $8 million independently. Prince was doing this from in the 90s. He was really making waves. And a recent report by Citibank titled Putting the Band Back Together remastering the world of music, it showed that music industry in the United States, which is one of the largest music markets with over $43 billion last year, and only 12% of that $43 billion went to the artists. 
So we see there's also a disparity between what the labels are doing and what they're earning for the artists. The Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, rest in peace. She died recently and she was 76. Forbes magazine said that up on her death, she was worth $80 million. And she sold over 73 million records during her lifetime. And Aretha, her songs, the songs that she sang over, were some of the most sampled, some of the most licensed songs in the world. But according to her yearly earnings up on Forbes, <clears throat> in the last three years, Queen Aretha only made $265,000. They reported that she lost a lot of her earnings because she didn't go on tour. She feared flying, so she didn't go on tour. And to many people, that might seem like a lot of money, 265000 That's a lot of money. But compared to other mega superstars and kings and queens of the music of Aretha Franklin's stature, like Barbara Streisand, who sold 72 million records, she has a net worth of nearly half a billion dollars. Now, had the respected Queen Aretha owned the rights to many of her hit songs and owned the masters, her earnings would have been significantly more. Additionally, any artist who sold millions of records and made good deals during their early years, they should have to go on tour in their latter years to do well. The music has the power to take care of you if you took care of your business and took care of your music in your early days. So how's money made through music? A lot of money is generated from music royalty payments. And for the last year, over 7.3 billion United States dollars were generated from music in the United States alone. Mechanical royalties come from streams and downloads with each royalty stream being $0.007 per download. Even more is generated from physical CD sales. Performance royalties and synchronized royalties generate more. And, and a lot of money comes in and it goes back to the label. According to City, 4.9 billion US was generated on recorded music royalties alone in 2007, 2017. And 85% of that went to record labels and a few artists who own their masters. The focus for reggae and dancehall and other independent musicians and players of instruments and singers and writers should be on owning your masters. Owning the musical masters is the long game. You got to make better deals, find long-term contracts, do for self, regardless of how much the initial money is on the table from any record company or any corporation. You have to make sure that the value you get goes both ways. And I have, I have seven things I want to show you how you can generate money and, and keep your income stream going from making your music and your art for a long, long time. Number one, use endorsements. Don't let endorsements use you. Many of the artists we know, they subsidize their earnings with corporate endorsements. However, that may be heavily supportive of the corporation and not the artist. Because what many artists try to overstep 
is that their image on a poster or a billboard or any corporate product is not of any value to the artist. It is of value to the corporation. Popularity does not equal money. Popularity does not equal to money. So to ensure sustained returns on your career, part of that negotiation for any endorsement should include the sharing of your music as an artist and the merchandise that you have with the customers of the corporation. So if the corporation selling phones, when they sell a product, your music must go with the product. And they should include in a clause in every contract that you as an artist sign the use of the resources for that contract. So if the, if the company has a plane, you have access to the plane. You have access to the ground transportation. Whatever the company has at their disposal, the fact that they're bringing you on to help them sell their product, they need to endorse you and your music and help you to push forward so that one, you cut your expenses and you make a lot of money off your music. And this may include bundle sales with other corporate products, whether it's mackerel, cosmetics, or electronics, whatever it is, a copy of the artist's album or latest single should be part of the long-term benefits in any deal that you are entering into as an artist. And the corporation will pay for this. So if you give them CDs, they buy a million CDs, they can hand it over to their million customers that's buying their product. And Jay-Z did something like this when he signed a deal with Samsung for his Magna Carta album back in 2013. Samsung's new phones, all of them had the Magna Carta album on. And as, as soon as the album dropped, dropped the, the, the product dropped, people got the album. Um, Jay-Z did an ad and everybody was grand. And this guaranteed Jay-Z platinum status upon the release of the Samsung phone. Samsung got their endorsement. Everybody was happy. Because that's a value-for-value value exchange. And that goes to Jay-Z's career, statistics, another platinum album. Because it is of little value for an artist to be walking around as a walking billboard for a product and not see any return in value for his core business, which is to make music. And the other one is owning your masters. Owning your masters is, is very, very, very important. And I, I, I wanna, I'm going to play a little clip about owning your masters shortly. Um, but let, let me tell you about owning your masters. As much as possible, every artist should try to own their masters and their publishing. And the publishing of any music that you love to dance to. In addition to your own brand as an artist... The, the masters and your publishing is the most valuable portion of your musical career. And owning a catalog of your music moves you from just being a simple artist to a business person. And that's what this is. Michael Jackson was a priceless pop star. Not only because he was a great performer, but because he negotiated early. Like in the 80s, he negotiated and purchased ATV music. Now, what's ATV music? ATV music owns 
a couple top artists publishing. Now, Michael did this. Michael later sold 50% of ATV to Sony for $100 million in '95 to form Sony ATV Music Publishing. So he owned 50% of Sony ATV after he sold $100 million worth. Now, this catalog contains Beatles, Elvis Presley, Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen, all top acts. And when Michael made his initial purchase of the company, he bought it for $47.5 million. And within like 10 years, he sold it for double that price. Investments after investment is what artists should go after. No more, no better investment than the one in your own career. And Michael did this because he heard Paul McCartney talking about publishing. And Michael actually is, is kind of savage because he bought Paul McCartney's publishing from ATV. And recently after Michael died, Sony bought the remaining interest for just under a billion dollars. A billion dollars. Like, it's, it's interesting how he managed to invest $47.5 million And in his death, his children earned a billion dollars. So understand that owning your publishing is a surefire way to make money from your catalog later. And this next one, YouTube. Um, this is number three, YouTube. Live streaming with social media and YouTube platforms to build audiences and distribute your content is what everybody is doing now. Numerous non-music persons are doing it. There's one YouTube channel that makes $40,000 per month. And you know what they do on that channel? They criticize children's Play-Doh. I make my son watch it all the time. And more artists are finding YouTube to be the place of choice to distribute all their musical content, all their videos. Because YouTube has over 1.6 billion persons that are logging in and watching videos. Many of the streaming platforms like iTunes and Spotify, they have geoblocks. And they prevent people from entering the sites in different regions, like in the Caribbean here. But you can use a VPN and unblock that. But YouTube, you don't need no VPN. YouTube is available to all. Um, artists are using these platforms to get their information out. And their songs, like Childish Gambino's This Is America, would not have been a hit song, a hit song in my opinion, if it was not on YouTube. Persons were leaving, YouTube, leaving Spotify everywhere to go watch the song on YouTube because the energy that the song had, that the video had, Made you love the song. This is America. To, to, if you heard it on the radio, you wouldn't listen to it. But when you watch the video and you connect those words, it's a cinematic short documentary. And told in musical form, it becomes a whole musical. You love that. And YouTube pays artists for the views. And I want to play a little clip by Leo Cohen. He's the head of YouTube Music. And, and this is his... Um, Breakfast Club interview, and here are his thoughts on where music is going. Okay, we have 1.9 billion customers. 1.9 billion customers. 
It's the largest platform, bar none. And where could you upload something yesterday and have distribution throughout the world? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a fascinating Mm -hmm. opportunity. And I really believe that at the end of the day, a label has to say, what is a label today? What is the value proposition of a label today? If you're the same label that was handling um, Teddy Riley, um, that and, and and you are and Guy and 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 Jodeci, records, baby. and Jodeci, one of the greatest labels of all time, of all time. But if you're that now, you're out of position. So what I would say to an so that's directly from Leo Cohen, letting you know the power of YouTube for the modern independent artist. Record labels don't have much to give you as an artist if you understand how to really generate income using your music. The next one is live streaming. And this is number four, live streaming. In addition to YouTube's revenue platforms and using it to find your audience, the artist can live stream concerts paid up front by sponsors and promoters um, and stream it through your artist channel on YouTube. The amount will vary, of course, by artist to artist based on your brand, the YouTube number, subscription, etc. But Facebook and YouTube have the biggest gathering of people on the internet. So make your music, make it easy to watch, and make it accessible to those people on those platforms. I imagine there are countless people all over the world willing to watch every top artist put on a live show. A live, impressive show. If you have a live, impressive show, you can live stream it from anywhere in the world. Get it paid for by sponsors, whoever, and send your content to the world. Impress this up on your promoter. Negotiate bundle deals. Try to sell CDs with the streams. So everybody that click the stream or come on, has the opportunity to get a code and go get a CD or go get a a download from your code. This is how you got to put inside of the musical activity your musical sales. And next one, number five, is you've got to think like an entrepreneur and act like an artist. All the artists should be thinking like entrepreneurs anyway. But at at the same time that you are recording your music and having your swag and being free, you should be setting up an independent plan in place to sell your music or else you're wasting time. You have to set up a website with your own products available for sale easily and conveniently like Amazon. Amazon, that guy just set up a shop and now he's a billionaire a hundred times over. You've got to impress in the pressing, invest in the pressing of your CDs, in the shipping of your CDs, having that personalized touch to connect with people who love you and love your music. Streamline all your independent operations by making good music and providing a rare experience that they can't get anywhere else. The fans will appreciate this and you will create and maintain a cult-like following. Include anything you want. Include posters, 
t-shirts, hats, badges, whatever your fans love, include that and bundle it with the sale of your music. The music is why, is, that's why you're here. If you're not selling music, you're not relevant anymore on the pop culture scene. You must be able to move units. And it can turn out to be a lot more interesting and profitable than selling just CDs by themselves. Some fans may not want to purchase uh, music, but they might want merchandise and you give them the music. But as a musical artist, that's why you're there, to sell music. So even if you go out into other career paths, like a Will Smith or Ice Cube, you see they still come back to the music because they have to leverage their power. They have to find ways to still connect to their core audience. Next one, be bold in asking. I keep finding, and this is number six, I keep finding in the report by the Citibank show that consumers of music are opting to rent music rather than purchase it. And with, with this demise in record sales, or maybe it's not a demise, but with this diminishing value for the sales of records, artists in general are touring more often and concert subscriptions are now at an all-time high. And since most of the independent artists make their money from touring anyway, they should always present themselves as top billing acts on every show and organize their own shows with seasoned, educated promoters and properly compete with other genres. Specifically genres like dancehall and reggae. We have top independent acts who can pull crowds of two to 10,000 10, people. You should be doing your own shows. You can bundle CDs or purchasing codes with iTunes and your concert tickets. If 10,000 paid persons attend each concert, then you're guaranteed 10,000 CDs sold. Because as soon as they come through the gate, they get a copy of the CDs. After 10 shows of the similar value, bam, that's 100,000 records. And this will go towards your billboard sales and statistics and charts. Prince did this in the 90s. And I'm going to play a little clip to let you hear what Prince said in his own words. Um, one nice thing about this record is that it was delivered to every concert goer via AEG and NPG in uh, conjunction. And uh, we knew when the tickets were sold how many people would actually have the album. That one idea, that simple idea, it sounds simple, but not many people, not anybody has really done this before, to give the CD away to everybody who buys a concert ticket. Uh, a novel approach, but one that has now all of a sudden rewritten the rules a little bit. Has it not? Well, um, the rules were made by people who don't really play music. So uh, I think some of them need to be rewritten. In fact, I believe SoundScan has already changed the way they're going to account for uh, other groups in the future who, who use the same uh, strategy here, but you've been grandfathered in uh, for musicology. Well, to some degree we have, um, uh, all truth be told, SoundScan has uh, not really counted all the albums. And the last thing I'm going to say to every independent artist is negotiate everything. Everything you do should be negotiated. Even if they already said no, wrote it down on the paper and said you can't get it. You still negotiate like you're a child. 
You know, children always say, Mommy, can you buy this? Can you buy this? He said, No, 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 I can't buy this. Mommy, can you buy this? Can you buy it? No, 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 no. Mommy, can I at least touch it? Mommy, can I touch it? I said, All right, touch it. Mommy, can I have it? Mommy, and then mommy eventually give it. You have to leverage your power to negotiate. Be likable. Be if you see something you want, negotiate it. Know your value. On on this podcast, I talk about artists and I interview artists. And one of the things I do notice about artists is that the fruits of their career started early with how they negotiated. And the long-term value of music making and owning your masters and touring started with the first deal you made. It's usually the trajectory of your career when you start, that's how you're going to continue. It's hard to change. So from early, negotiate. If you choose to give away your power out of desperation and immaturity in your early days, only you will pay in those latter days. So make fine music, negotiate better deals, be yourself, and be consistent. People are making money from the music So why can't you? And it's a different time. Streaming is taking over the world. You are able to make more money in music now than any other time. Streaming make it so easy. You don't need no middleman. You don't need not even a producer. You can make music however you want. Own your masters and go forth and build your brand and sell your music. And do your concerts. It's a different time. Streaming has really Change the game. And I'm going to show you a streaming change game. Listen to Eric Sermon right now. And back then when Universal was at its highest, they right. made $985 million. They had about 75 groups on that time. They got four groups now. 2017, they made $1.5 billion. Four groups. Streaming. Damn. Because you know, so, Drake is, yeah. is you know. <laughs> on another level, yeah, on another yeah. planet. Uh, yeah. This streaming game is some of the illest digital currency that we've never seen in history. That's what I was going to ask because we all work in the industry, but like, do you fully get streaming and how they monetize and how people make money off of it? Because I'm still kind of confused. Like, yeah. I give you a first, first thing. One million streams is $8,000. There's 125 registered streaming companies so you know so you got to add the amazon and all this type of stuff but mm-hmm. it's 125 but at eight at one million um streams it's eight grand so if drake got 17 records doing that which he's done if you're just trying to do regular stuff with the music it's not gonna work you have to be interesting you have to be energetic you got to do the things that other people are not doing gone are the days when you're just putting music out go to the radio station do two interviews and go back home and think people heard your music nobody listening to the radio right now people listening to stuff on demand you got to build your own platform so that they come and demand it you have to make waves make compelling content music videos make things that keep people interested because it's so much available to people right now why should they pay attention to you what's nice about you because you're sexy no nobody cares a thousand sexy girls are on the timeline every day because you can sing no nobody cares 
A thousand people sending their mixtapes on SoundCloud and YouTube every day. There has to be something that connects your dots, make you special. You've got to be able to create something that they can't get anywhere else. That special ingredient. And then you package that, you brand that, you patent it, you market it, you PR it, and you put a chokehold out of it and you sell it every day. There's no other way to do it. Every single day you wake up as an artist, you've got to think about how am I going to develop myself, my brand, and my business. You can't leave any one of those out and think, oh, because I can sing, people are going to come and save me. Yay, they're going to save you, all right? They're going to save you from your own money. They're going to take that money and go up and live up in the hills. And meanwhile, you and your crew keeping it real. Because you're too real to start your own business. You're too real to make an effort to organize yourself. So you don't even know where your publishing is. You don't know who owns your masters. So you live a whole life. As an artist that had possibility versus somebody who's able to organize themselves from early, organize your team, stretch the game out, and make yourself stamped in the minds and hearts of human beings who want to connect with your being. That's it. This has been JR Podcast. I'm going to take you out with a last word from Leo Cohen, head of music. And just listen to what he said. And I challenge every one of you listening to this. Whether you're in the entertainment industry or not, organize yourselves. Nobody's coming to save you. The way to earn and generate is to make the most of yourself. Your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. I'm out. Um, then it's harder. If, you, if you're just trying to get a radio ad, you got a problem. Yeah. If you it's j- so oversaturated, I feel like now. We didn't have the choices yeah. that um, back then that the we outlets. have now. There's so many different ways to consume music, so many different <laughs> artists that are able to upload and not have to be signed to a label. It used to be you had to watch... You know, Ralph McDaniels on Video Music Box, and that's where you saw videos. That's why you're so rich, because you guys become really critical. Curation. Remember, be careful for what we wish for. We wanted democracy, and pow, the levee broke, and now there's a billion bands swimming around our ankles.